Alright, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Appreciate you joining us, and let's get to it. And let's actually get everyone caught up with uh, what's going on this week. Uh, obviously, I broke my hand last weekend. Still kind of dealing with that. Been in and out of doctor's appointments all week, and I actually have some surgery tomorrow. Uh, so uh, wish me luck. I'm in and out of surgery tomorrow, and I'm not going to be able to do a uh, podcast because be a little loopy from uh, the procedure. So uh, I should be back Saturday morning for Saturday morning's quick picks. Now, until then, what we're going to do is um, I'm going to do a replay show for the 17th. So for yesterday, we'll post a re- uh, replay pod. You know, one of the uh, concept pause. We'll, we'll play that for yesterday. On today's show, kind of a unique idea, something I've been playing around with for a while. I'm going to replay or I'm going to play some clips from a couple different sports betting movies and just kind of react to them, talk about them, react to them. Uh, like I said, I've been kind of messing around with this idea for a while, so uh, we'll do that today. And then for the Friday show, for the 19th, I'm going to post that uh, this evening. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an NHL pick for Friday night. So we'll have you taken care of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we will be back on Saturday. So let's get to it. I'm excited for this because there's not that many. I mean, let's face it. There's not a whole bunch of great sports betting content out there anyway. Movies, you know, there's not a whole lot of like TV or radio. I do like what VSIN is doing. And it's funny. I actually wasn't planning on going here today, but I've heard, I heard from one person on Twitter last night, about VEASAN apparently and I look I don't watch a lot of VEASAN I don't pay attention to a lot of what they do but I guess I like got rid of their app or something recently and everyone's really pissed off and uh, they were asking me about VEASAN should I use it should I sign up and it's it look I've talked about VEASAN before that's not what this is about I actually think it's awesome the VEASAN does sports betting stuff 24-7 now I think that for those who are really knowledgeable in the industry, certainly professionals and pseudo pros out there. I think VEASAN is maybe a step below, right? I think VEASAN is great for the general public, but I do have my question marks about their overall sharpness. And look, when they first opened up and when VEASAN first started, it kind of uh, coincided when with I began my career. It was like 2017-ish. And so when they started, you know, posting content, I was like, this is awesome. Sports betting all day, every day. But since then, I actually had this weird experience when they first got going. Well, actually, no, this was was a few years after that. So probably 2019, 2020. um, I was talking to someone, and we'll we'll get to the movie clips in a little bit, but just to go through this. um, This was when I first started uh, another podcast I did called the Sharp Angle Podcast. And it kind of materialized, and now it's Sports Betting Daily. You can actually go find the Sharp Angle. I think it's still out there. But my point is, I was contacted by an individual who wanted to create some content together. And I was sort of new at this whole thing. I didn't really know about the podcasting community or any of that. So I did like I had this individual on my show. Now I never ended up posting the interview because it wasn't good. I mean, this was supposed to be an expert in sports betting and he was saying a lot of information that I, I didn't think was correct at all. Right. So I kind of ended that. And I, was, I was thinking, I was a dud. Why did I'm not doing that again? I'm making that mistake. And it's funny, you know, I, I didn't say anything. I didn't, because this person was uh, working for some other company at the point, you know, or at that time putting content out. Well, fast forward like a year and a half, and this guy who I interviewed, who was terrible, got a job at VEASAN, and he's still writing content, and it's just it's just weird, right? When I didn't want to put that out there to you, to, to you all, to my listeners, yet he's writing VEASAN content all the time. It's so strange, and I think it's simple. I think that what's going on is what's happening. There's so many job opportunities in the world of 
content creation and sports betting, but there's just not enough people who know about sports betting. There are millions of people who know about sports, but it's a whole different thing, knowing about, knowing about sports and sports betting, right? They're very, very different things. So either way, I thought that was kind of interesting in terms of uh, uh, VSIN and the content. And look, I, I do like that they're out there a lot and putting out sports betting content, but the question is how bettable is that content? All right, let's get to it. Let's play some movie clips. I'm actually going to turn myself down a little bit, doing a little live editing. I, I, I use this online uh, service called Riverside, and it just fucks with my equipment. So give me a sec. That should be a little better. Um, yeah, Riverside FM. If you're ever going to do like a remote recording with people, don't use them. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, we're going to replay some movie clips from uh, Two for the Money. We're going to replay a clip from Uncut Gems. And then we have one clip from actually, it's, a, it's more of a documentary. It's called The Best of It. And it highlights some different uh, pro handicappers like 15 or so years ago. So we'll replay some clips from all these movies. Let's start off with Two for the Money. This is a movie about uh, Brandon Lang, who was a notorious, uh, kind of those like classic slimy 80s and 90s touts who used to sell uh, sports betting picks. Well, this is, in, uh, this is during one of the times where he was having a down streak. Okay, so Matthew McConaughey, who plays Brandon Lang, is having a down streak and a, and a dry spell. And Al Pacino, who's kind of his boss and the, the uh, head of the operation selling picks, is unhappy with his winning and his uh, streak of late. So let's listen to what Al Pacino has to say about winning streaks and what they're going to do as a result. How does someone go one for eight? A fucking monkey... Tossing darts could do better than that. What's with all the money, Walter? I got a plan. We take all your picks. We reverse everything. You know, like one of them uh, Twilight Zone episodes where everything is opposite. You say black, we go white. How common does that sound, right? How common is that thinking? And this is what we talk about all the time on here, that what we should expect as sports bettors, we shouldn't always go... Uh, if you're an average sports better out there, I say your, your odds of winning a better 50%. That doesn't mean you're going to win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. I do. I would say in my, in my journey through data and analytics, one of the most interesting things I've learned is what real true random data looks like. And if you take any, uh, pro handicapper, any pro better, even Billy Walters, and you magnify on any given bet, it will appear more or less random. But over the long run, you'll find trends, you'll find things that are the quote unquote truth. And so what I always say is go to Vegas or your local casino, go to a roulette table and just look. They usually have posted on a screen the last 10, 15, 20 rolls. You will see a lot of five reds in a row, five blacks in a row, 10 reds in a row, 10 blacks in a row. That doesn't mean anything's due. That doesn't mean anything's hot or whatever, right? So whether you see 10 blacks in a row and you say, oh, let's bet black because black's hot. Or you say, let's bet red because red's due. Both of those are illogical. And that's the same thinking here. It doesn't matter whether you're one and eight. I'm going to go one and eight. Billy Walter's going to go one and eight. There's going to be a lot of weird things that happen. But the truth is what's going to happen in the long run. Now, for this example, Brandon Lang, Matthew McConaughey, two for the money. Clearly, this is not a winning sports better. He's just an average better who's going through a typical bad streak. But my point here is even the best handicappers will go one and eight. Going one and eight or one four eight, whatever it was, is no reason to go the opposite direction, like whatever he said, the Twilight Zone stuff, you know? So 
it's a good reminder because that is the average thinking. That is how it's it's the fallacy. It's like the gambler's fallacy, right? So some to think about. Very interesting there. That movie is two for the money. All right, let's get on to another popular movie, sports betting movie, Uncut Gems. This was uh, Adam Sandler. I think this came out in 2020. Uh, I actually really like this movie. Well, look, I liked all the movies I'm going to play today, but uh, Uncut Gems, this one particular line was talked about a lot after the movie came out from pro betters, or at least the betting community. And uh, bear with me because this is actually from the trailer. It's not from the actual movie, so it's a little bit tougher to hear. But this is Adam Sandler making a parlay in Uncut Gems. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. Okay, so Celtics to win, Celtics to cover at halftime, Garnett points, Garnett rebounds over. That's Kevin Garnett for all the kids out there. What's funny about this, and the reason why there was a lot of backlash after the movie first came out, I remember saying that to to my now wife after we saw the movie. It's like, well, that was kind of unrealistic at the end. You can't make a bet like that. No one would make a bet like that. And that's what everyone said. It was silly, right? Celtics first half, Celtics game, Kevin Garnett over on points, rebounds. The reason that was so silly is because all those things are so correlated. No no sports book in their mind would, you know, in their right mind would let you make that bet. Well, what's happened is same game parlays have now become a thing. Now that bet is actually very common. But it's funny because this movie came out. When did this movie come out? Let's look it up real quick. Uncut. I'm typing with my left hand now. It takes uh, forever. Release date. All right. Uncut Gems came out in 2019. So December of 2019 is when this movie came out. And I would say no more than one year later, maybe like 12 to 15 months later, all these sports books started realizing that they could offer these bizarrely correlated same-game parlays, but if they paid back such a diminished amount, they'd let us all make them. Isn't that funny? The idea of the same-game parlay is actually very new. I know it's like every sports better's favorite bet to make in America right now, the same-game parlay, but just, what, five years ago, December 2019, that was laughed at by the sports betting community because you could never bet Celtics halftime, Celtics game, Kevin Garnett over points and rebounds. That's all so correlated, that's that's ridiculous. So what do the sports books do? They say, okay, yeah, instead of that parlay paying you know, plus 1100 like it should, we'll pay you plus 450 You want to make that bet? Go ahead. So now, same game parlays like that are everywhere, dime a dozen, you see them, but it's funny to me that that same game parlay was criticized. Well, I don't want to go over, over the, the top here. It wasn't like that criticized. This movie got a 91% of Rotten tomato, <clears throat> Tomatoes, but amongst the sports bettors, that was talked about. Yeah, I don't know if he'd actually be able to, uh, to make that. All right, let's get on to another... Uh, uh, what are we calling these clips here? Another clip we're going to play. Now, this one is from a documentary. The documentary is called The Best of It, and it follows some of the most prominent handicappers and sports bettors in the early 2010s and uh, late 2000s. So this, I think, came out, what, at this point, damn, 13, 14 years ago, this documentary? Crazy how stuff's changed. And you can tell, right? It's a lot of old school handicapping going on. Uh, Dink, uh, Alan Dink, who is just revered in the betting community in Vegas. I think he passed away last year. Uh, R.I.P. Dink, he's featured in there. Um, but the, the, the quote we're going to play is actually kind of sad in some way. So I'm going to be uh, commenting on a quote and a clip from Ken the Shrink uh, Weitzner. 
Ken Weitzner, who was known as the Shrink, was a very prominent sports better. I don't want to say handicapper, sports better. And like I said, the late 2000s, he had all kinds of connections. He knew where Billy Walter's bets were going, which when you know where Billy Walter is betting, you don't really have to do much yourself. You follow his bet, you're going to be just fine. There are a lot of handicappers out there who do this. And like I've talked about before on this show, you know, you may think that everyone who does this for a living does it the same way I do. It's not the case. Everyone has their own unique approach. I'm very math driven. I'm very analytic driven, but that's not how everyone does their stuff. There's a lot of people out there who are pure sports uh, betters, right? I would say my handicapping is an A plus. My sports betting execution is like a B. You know, there are people who are a lot better at that and they watch the screen all day and follow moves and follow, you know, hot money and, and, and trends or uh, not trends, but uh, steam. So there's uh, people out there who just have networks and a lot of people who give them info and that's what this individual does. But I thought this quote is, or this uh, clip is interesting because he talks about people like me, when they ask him, and you're going to hear it in a second, all these people who grind hours a day, look at box scores, watch film, he's talking about me. And, well, we'll talk about uh, what I think about the clip after we play it. So this is uh, The Shrink, Ken Weitzler, on uh, The Best of It. How would you compare yourself to the, the ardent handicapper that spends 17 hours a day in front of the, coming up with his own numbers and stuff? You know, we have our own styles, and I respect the guy that puts in the work and has 17 and a half hours to study highlights and films and numbers and grind them. But I have such an edge over that guy, and uh, it's almost not fair because uh, I get a lot of other people that do his work for these sports books that automatically give me his work. Plus, I have other people that are just as sharp giving me their selections. Okay, so I have a couple thoughts on this. I actually am not going to disagree with the first part. Those individuals who have these high-level networks of professionals who've been doing this for 20, 25 years and they share info, absolutely, they're going to have an advantage over sports bettors like me. I say this all the time. There's a bunch of people out there, syndicates, groups, bettors, Billy Walters. How naive and dumb would I have to be? Oh, yeah, I'm as good as Billy Walters just because I do this for a living. I am well aware of how much I have to go and all the other people out there. So the idea of, oh, yeah, I have an edge over the individual because, remember, I work alone. I don't work with any other handicappers. The individual sitting for 17 hours a day looking at handicaps, box scores, stats, highlights. That's what I do. And I actually 100% agree with that. Now, does that mean I can't do this for a living? Hell no. I mean, I've proven that over the last seven years. But he's right and he's true about that part. Now, the second part of that clip is really, really interesting because you have to have such faith in these people you're getting picks and info from. And that's what I do question. And ultimately... Unfortunately, God damn, unfortunately, that is what kind of, I think, proved to be the case. Because for those who don't know, super fucking sad, uh, Ken Weitzler ended up committing suicide only a couple months after this documentary aired. And we have to be respectful here because it's such a sad personal situation. You hate hearing that across the board. And I'm not saying anything about what he said about people like me and what do we do for a job. I agree with a lot of that. But my point here is... His reputation was this millionaire who was generous and a hot picker and he gave all these tips and was so dialed in. But behind the scenes, that wasn't the case. 
and he ended up committing suicide with his wife. It's a super sad story. You can look it up yourself. You know, again, his name is The Shrink is how you can probably find a lot, a lot of that online. And God, you know, that's just so sad to hear. So, you know, our thoughts, you know, go out to him and his family, you know, or his family and, you know, RIP The Shrink. But my point here, like, I don't, I'm not meaning to get all deep and everything. It's just you want to, you know, be appropriate and pay respects. But my point here is when you rely on so many people to give you information, You've got to be so, so good at vetting that information and going through and sifting. And I'm just not sure that Ken was, you know, and, and this is my main thing with working with other people is I it's not that I don't trust other people from a baseline point of view. But at the end of the day, if I'm spending my money, I want to know they've worked as hard as I have on these picks. And I, I just don't know that I can replicate that. I think um, I think most people, when they get to the level of sports betting where they're doing it consistently, they naturally get a little lazy. They, it's just fun. We're watching games. And if you're not going to grind and grind and put it all into it, you know, I have a hard time trusting those people in, the, in that information, not just picks, but information. And so this whole documentary, it follows around Ken and he wins bets the way he talks. He's very it sounds like very ego driven and these kind of things. And it is a very horrifically sad ending to him, but, uh, interesting there, his opinion on why he's got the edge and so many people he works with. And again, if you go back and replay that clip, you'll notice what he doesn't say is he's ever handicapping. He's always getting info and betting with that info. All right. I was actually going to end the show after that one. Let's end on a bit of a more, uh, upbeat note, right? Let's go a little upbeat. This clip is also from the best of it. And this is Alan Boston. Man, I love Alan Boston. You talk about someone who is an old school pro who I would re- I would emulate if math didn't exist. I didn't know how to do math. Alan Boston is so smart. He's so... Um, now, he doesn't come across as some dweeb, right? But you can tell the decisions he makes. They're well thought out. He's cerebral. He's calculated. And I like the way Alan Boston does stuff. Now, uh, I have two clips here. You know what? Let's play both of them. Ah, fuck it. But what is this? Fuck it. We'll do it live. All right. Uh, SPD4. All right. So this first clip of Alan Boston is him at halftime of a college uh, basketball game getting beat to a line move. Happens to the best of us. I like Boise State at the half here. Fusion Roblox. Looks like someone else does too. They already bet it. Fuck. That's it. That's the clip. And I, if I could tell you. How many times in a week that happens to me? Oh, me. Oh, my God. What's the old saying? If I had a nickel every time that happened, I just thought that was funny because it's so relatable. And uh, all of you out there who have chased line moves, try to get the best line live, you know that feeling, too. That's hysterical. All right. This other clip is also from Alan Boston, and he's reacting to an announcer on TV. They're in big trouble right now. And so Georgetown seals the big... How are they in trouble? Because they lost to Georgetown? These guys are so stupid. Fucking idiots, really are. (laughs) That's how we're going to end the show, right? That's great. And again, that was so relatable because... And I actually, I've stopped doing that. I used to do that a lot more, right? A couple years ago, I would look at people on Twitter, look at people on TV and, and and say things like that. I think I'm easing up a bit and trying to be just a little more, uh, I don't know, nicer, accepting of people who don't know what they're taught. You don't, but I do the same thing. I still find myself doing the same thing because even though it's, it's, it's crazy, it's wild how narrative driven and just wrong, plain wrong, all these quote professionals are. And I'm talking about 
the, the best of the best ESPN personalities, the best of the best Fox Sports personalities. We're talking about ex-players, ex-GMs, everybody, every single person. Well, let's be careful. 95% of them it's so narrative driven. It's just like that reaction that 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 Alan. It's like, what are you talking about? Just because they lost one game to Georgetown, or let's uh, play it again. They're in big trouble right now. And so Georgetown seals the big. How are they in trouble? Title. They lost to Georgetown. These guys are so stupid. Ever for Syracuse in a Big East game. Fucking idiots, really are. I mean, it's it reminds me of when Nick Saban this year he loses to Texas. He goes back home, beats South Florida seventeen three in. And everyone on TV, well, is, is it the Saban era? Rumors are, it's a say. well, you know, he may be losing it, but it's like, what? What? And look, Saban himself retired and, you know, said that he's getting a little older, but there's no reason to think if he coached five more years, he wouldn't be just as good, right? Or at least at that level. So my, my point is, this happens so often, and a lot of us, and I actually, it's weird because many people out there, you, you think it wouldn't be that way. You'd think it would be more accurate and at least more predictive or true, but what happens is a lot of people out there who have nine to fives and they get home and they put on ESPN and they hear these things, they then end up betting on these things. I mean, look at Baker Mayfield right now. He's gonna, he's in the second round of the playoffs, just won a game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know how many people, even, don't lie, don't lie, a lot of you listening to the podcast, you have referred to Baker Mayfield in all kinds of derogatory terms. He's trash, he's garbage, he's no good, whatever it is. And I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's a great quarterback, but it's oh, it's usually somewhere in the middle. He's not as bad as those people say on ESPN. Now, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but it's never, ever to this level where they take with the narrative on on TV. So, all right, we're going to get out of here. we got a hockey podcast to record for tomorrow, and then I will be finished until Saturday. So, appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily.